Hello, and welcome to the Wealth Stack Podcast. This is Mark Bruno, Managing Director of the Wealth Management Group at Informa. And we are incredibly lucky to have two guests here. It's a two for one special on the Wealth Stack Podcast today. We're going to talk about some of the most, I would say, important issues facing financial advisors right now. And that, that is understanding risk. Um, there are obviously a, a number of risks in the marketplace right now. And there are a number of different ways that advisors should be thinking about not just understanding the risks, but how they're actually thinking about the role they're playing as a risk manager for many of their clients at the moment. Uh, so I couldn't think of two better people to have on the podcast today than Rick Bookstaber, who is the head of risk and co-founder of the Risk Tech Platform Fabric, and Dr. Ashby Monk, who is the executive director at Stanford University of the Research Initiative on Long-Term Investing. Rick, Ashby, thank you both for being here today. I appreciate it. Thank you. It's happy to be here. Awesome to be here. Appreciate that. And, you know, we are fresh off of our Wealth Management Edge conference just about a week or so ago. Um, and Wealth Wealthstack took place there for the first time in, you know, two years. We were actually able to hold that event and be with our community. And I have to say, in every session, there was some element of risk that was discussed, you know, some more than others. And I think just maybe starting you know, with where we are now, uh, you can look at the markets, the broader economy. And there are so many different elements of risk that advisors have to really understand and factor into their thinking. So Rick, maybe we'll just start with you. you know, if you could put at eye level what you think the most important risks are for advisors to understand and act on right now, that would be a, a fantastic place to start the conversation. Sure. So you know, everybody is pretty aware of the major risks that are sitting there because they're driving the market day by day. Um, you know, the... the the, the basically the air coming out of the tech bubble, uh, which to date has been somewhat of a slow leak, uh, thankfully, and the implications of inflation and how those may bleed into uh, recession. The, the other side of the coin, those are events that are occurring. Uh, but the other part of that is the markets are also at a point of being very vulnerable to these things. Uh, there's high leverage. There's been very high concentration. Uh, the top 10 stocks in the S&P 500 make up about 25% of the total market capitalization right now of the S&P. And of course, valuations have been overstressed. So we have you know, obvious events. We have a market that's fairly vulnerable to those. But if you're a wealth advisor, the key question that still has to be asked is, are these risks from the standpoint of an individual? Because uh, for that, you need to know what's the time frame of the individual and how long could one of these events uh, hit the market. So if you're talking about a tech bubble, that can be pretty violent as it occurs, but tends to be fairly short-lived. Uh, if you think of inflation becoming structural and moving into a recession and possibly a stagflation, this is something that caused problems for the market over periods of years. Uh, I don't know how many people remember uh, the stagflation in the 1970s, but there was a period of eight or nine years before the market fully recovered from that. So uh, there's the events that we're looking at. There's the vulnerability that we have to those events. And then there's the question of how long uh, the problems might sustain. Uh, and, I, and I appreciate that there are multiple risks, right, that advisors should be thinking about not only how they what they should understand, but how they want to incorporate maybe some new thinking 
right, into their clients' portfolios. Also, some new thinking into the way they want to manage and really assess risk. Um, and before we get into you know some of the tools that are available today that advisors can do use to do that more effectively, you know, Dr. Mark, I'd love to come to you for a moment. I know for many years um, you, you've studied and focused on institutional investors, and I've always found you know obviously that they tend to be. You know, far ahead, the mm. typical wealth manager um, in how they invest and how they think about risk. So just in your view, you know, based on where we are now, what can financial advisors learn from institutional investors and the way they think about and actually manage risk? Yeah, no, it's a, it, it's a great question. I think whether you're a wealth manager or an institutional investor, I think you're focused on achieving goals in the future at some point, right? You've got client money or you've got pensioners money. Either way, there's some set of goals that need to be achieved, you know, one, 10, a hundred years in, into the future. You know, the Canada pension plan will tell you they're managing money on, on, a, on the basis of 75 years. So th- these are long durations. And what we're seeing right now in the market is a lot of uncertainty around those timeframes. You know, what, what is the world we're going to be expecting to deliver performance one, five years from now? The institutions have spent a lot of time working through this. Uh, they are managing uh, a great deal of alternative investments, private equity, um, you know, we, we almost shouldn't call them alternatives anymore because in, in some cases they represent more than 50% of the portfolio. So, you know, maybe the traditional assets are the alternative investments at this point. But with all that comes a lot of complexity. It's very difficult to rely on the shortcuts and models that you learned in college um, in order to, you know, develop a set of capital market assumptions and, and drive your organization towards its goals. And to your point, there's a lot of new tools that are being built to help these organizations um, get a better handle on where their portfolios are today. That's the foundation, understanding what you own, what are the risks? Can we begin to understand and unravel some of the uncertainties and, and frankly, convert those into risks that we can put a price on? And then how do we project those portfolios into the future? And, and really, that's where I think the wealth managers are going to learn a lot from the institutions. How do we manage pacing, unfunded commitments to private assets, um, liquidity, cash flow, all these things that are actually the critical inputs that chief investment officers focus on, I think are going to be much more material to the wealth managers, um, especially given what I've seen, wealth managers moving much more into alternatives than they had you know, in the prior decade. Oh, absolutely. And I think you know, that that is a great way to just sort of draw the line from institution to individual. Um, you know, I, I wanted to come back to some of the, the other risks, Rick, that you mentioned at the outset here. Um, what I think is really interesting, we've done some research at wealth management through our research arm um, that looks at high net worth individuals um, and really how they view their financial advisors, but more specifically what they value most. From their financial advisors, and it's it's funny, but the the older investors, the boomers for the most part, tend to view their wealth managers as really risk managers, or that's at least what they value most. Um, I'm curious when you look at some of the short term risks that you just mentioned, how do you balance those short term risks with some of the ongoing you know risks um, that advisors are always thinking about when it comes to say retirees like longevity risk or healthcare risk, and how should advisors be sort of aligning or you know, balancing right the here and the now with those constant risks that are always present in a portfolio? Well, this is where the individual and the advisor 
actually differs from most institutions. Uh, well, for most asset management institutions, pension funds have a similar problem than individual has, where you really, when you talk about risk, you're clapping with two hands. You have the, the market uncertainty on the one hand and the risks uh, of the individual on the other. And so for an individual, you know, they have their longevity risk. They have risk related to having security, risk related to maintaining a lifestyle. And these, of course, vary over the course of time. You know, if you're a baby boomer, you're not worrying about your kids going to college yet. But if you're a millennial, that's something that you have to look forward to funding in the future. So this is kind of the other side of the, the point that Ashby was making, that you want to look at risks that are long, that are of a time frame that are of a concern for you in terms of the market. And you meld those with the risks that you have as an individual, which also tend to be long-term. Uh, you know, for a pension fund, of course, they have liabilities and they have to match assets to liabilities. Similarly, an individual has its, you could think of its future liabilities as well as its income stream through uh, earnings over its lifetime. And those two are risky along with the market being risky and they're correlated with one another. So it's a very, it's a fairly difficult and rich problem because it has multiple dimensions to it uh, over a long time frame. It doesn't get any easier for an advisor <laughs> uh, as the world gets more complex. Although I, I should say, uh, and you know, Dr. Mark, I'd love to get your take on this. I know that there are a lot of different tools that are out there, um, yeah. Yeah, and especially as technology has evolved, wealth tech in particular, the sort of rate of innovation over the last couple of years, it seems like there are 10 times as many solutions available today as there were in you know, the beginning of 20. If I'm a financial advisor, you know, how has risk management technology evolved? And in your view, you know, the risk management tools and resources that are specifically built for financial advisors? Yeah, no, it's it's in the process of going through a dramatic change right now. And and I think if you go and you look at call it traditional investors or wealth managers, you, you would see a form of portfolio navigation that I would describe as being based on the a navigation concept called dead reckoning. Dead reckoning is this notion of taking a prior position where you know you were somewhere overlaying kind of a speed, a direction, and some time in order to identify where you think you are today. That's really how many investors manage the directionality of their portfolio through this dead reckoning. Where was I? Let's roll it forward. You know, there's literally an accounting roll forward concept in private markets that we use. And, and a lot of this was done in spreadsheets, and a lot of it was based on data that was not real time, which is why we needed to use the prior positioning with speed and time and direction in order to know where we are. All of that is beginning to change. And I think the great, the great moment we're in right now is that we're kind of in this moment of GPS, global positioning system for your portfolio, mm. where the data coming out of the custodians, out of your alternative managers, out of anything is going to go and populate a suite of dashboards. Any number of these software companies could go and tell you where your portfolio is today in a way that it couldn't a decade ago. And not just where it is in terms of what you own in terms of products, where it is in terms of your exposures to risks. Now, if you hold crypto, that's probably a huge portion of your value at risk. 
um, even if the total percentage of the holdings is small on a portfolio basis, that's probably a huge share of your risk budget. And so now we're, we're able through different tooling to begin to make sense of where you are. And, and once you know that, then you can start to use tools like the one Rick's been working on in order to model the future and really begin to have a sense for you know, what are the risks in my portfolio that I want more exposure to and how do I begin to move towards it? But it's really about that GPS, you know, the portfolio GPS. Where is my portfolio? That's what's changing. Sure. No, that's a great way to think about it. And I think, you know, Rick, it's also a really good opportunity. I've become more familiar with you know, Fabric this year um, and in recent months in particular, but I, I still don't know everything that there is to know about Fabric. So if, if you wouldn't mind, maybe just a little bit of background on some of the specific problems that Fabric is designed to solve for, for financial advisors. I think that would be really helpful and bring some of what Dr. Monk was just talking about to life. Sure. That's... Um... So the, if you think of, I, I like the uh, dead reckoning uh, uh, analogy, uh, the, the issue of risk management, as it's been done historic, you know, over the last few decades, has really been in the area of first banks managing their trading desks, then hedge funds and portfolio managers who essentially are trying to manage their portfolios uh, looking forward for the next month or two until their next uh, investor statement. So things in risk management tended to be short-term focused and focused strictly on returns. And they've also used fairly rudimentary approaches, partly because of that. If if you look at any risk system that currently is used in institutions, they take the variability of the returns of a portfolio over the last one or two years and say, okay, that's the sort of variability we will expect going forward. So they're they're looking at the past as a way of projecting what might happen in the future. Uh, the issue for an individual is different in each of these ways. First of all, they're not short-term. They're concerned not about what might happen the next month or two, but what might happen over the next years or even decades. Secondly, they're not focused on just returns. You know, as we were talking about earlier, they they have to be concerned about the portfolio and the returns on the portfolio, but they have to marry that with the uncertainty in their own life cycle. You know, the their longevity risk, the the uncertainty in terms of when they might retire, and so on. So it's also multidimensional compared to the what's my return that's for typical risk systems. So what we're doing at Fabric is building an institutional grade application that provides what's really needed if you're a long-term asset owner, if you're an individual who is looking out for years or even decades, who has to look not just at the portfolio, but also the the risks going forward in their life, and, and then really has to navigate by more than dead reckoning, because they're dealing with dynamics that might not matter if you're just worried about what will happen over the next month or two, but clearly these sorts of dynamics do matter as you change and as the market changes going forward over years. So it's using some tools that are well known within the financial, within the institutional space, but it's respecting the characteristics that are important for advisors as they look at an individual versus what you might look at if you're simply an investor in, say, a hedge fund. 
I, I appreciate it. It's a great example of just how far we've come in a relatively short period of, of time. I mentioned you know, that we hosted the Wealthstack conference earlier in June and to just see the you know, 60 to 80 some of companies that were there you know, it's a good number. They're not necessarily risk specialists, right? But there's some element of risk that's baked into a lot of the portfolio management you know, software and technology that's available now. It's just amazing to see how much purpose-built technology, you know, especially especially around risk, um, is available to financial advisors. And, and with that, I would love to just sort of close with both of your take on, I mentioned before, how the role of a financial advisor has evolved. Um, I am curious to get your sense, I, I mentioned what the the clients, in particular those that are retired or retiring and are in decumulation mode, you know, how they view their advisors and what they value most. But you know, philosophically, um, if I'm a financial advisor and I wanted to adopt that risk manager state of mind, right? Seems like a big change, but I'm I'm curious, you know, how do I go about that, right? Because it's not just about the technology and tools that are available. It really does require me to rethink the way I've been approaching you know, my business and working with clients for you know, decades, potentially. Uh, so maybe Dr. Monk will start there. You know, if I'm looking to really recalibrate and reposition myself you know, philosophically as a risk manager, what's your best piece of advice? Yeah, I think, I think first of all is just recognizing that a lot of risk management is storytelling. And, and so I think wealth managers are great at that. You know, they want to have conversations with their clients about their portfolios and their goals. It's actually a pathway to building a relationship that's deeper than just the portfolio. And, and so talking about risk, talking about the different kind of call it lenses, like imagine you're at the optometrist and they're dropping down those lenses in front of your portfolio. Mm. Like, yeah. you know, what, what is the, what are the different risks? Can we think of the sustainability risks, the climate risks, you know, these are different um, lenses dropping down in front of your portfolio that we could talk about and think about what are we optimizing for here? Do we do we care? Like as in, do you, my client, care about physical climate risk? Do you want us to think about ways of managing that? These are deep conversations. So I think at the at the higher level, I think this is an exciting moment for the the wealth manager client relationship to kind of be re injected with something very material, and that is the risks in the portfolio. The second piece is just to acknowledge that there are organizational changes that come with technology um, being adopted. And so as a wealth management company, just being ready for the, the, the simple and mundane things like as you're building out a technology plan, you know, don't onboard your technology during tax season. You know, you're going to need people that really are going to dig in and, and change some of the processes and workflows. And so um, there are these kind of blocking and tackling issues that, that come with the onboarding of technology systems, getting educated on those systems, uh, delegating authorities to people to really handle the data in those systems and making sure that you understand where it's coming from and its quality. And so, I, look, I, I think there are organizational issues, but as I noted at the beginning there, I think there are some investment and relationship issues that that will trump any of the organizational pain because you're really going to be able to help your clients understand the location of their portfolio today and the, and the challenges of getting to the goals in the future and and that's the that's the objective. Yeah, I appreciate that. And Rick, I'd love to come to you with you know, just your take on that and I'll ask the question in a slightly different way. I think, you know, for the last, you know, 10 years or so, financial advisors have been fortunate, right? They're 
been great market conditions. I've seen lots of growth uh, for their businesses and for their clients' portfolios. Who knows what the next five to 10 years will look like, but you know, it would seem like you know, maybe the dial uh, is a little bit closer to risk right, than it is, is growth in, in some ways. So in your view, if I'm a financial advisor and I'm looking, I'll use the word, you know, recalibrate again, and then really reposition myself so that I am more of a risk manager than just a personal you know, financial advisor, what are some tips or pieces of advice that you have for our audience? I would uh, emphasize something that Ashby said, uh, <clears throat> which is that risk is not a number. Uh, risk really is a narrative. It's a story. It's multifaceted. It's dynamic. It has twists and turns as things progress. And because of that, it's also intuitive. Uh, so it's something that's easy to describe and discuss with a client. There's nothing really, there's no magic uh, there to, to risk. It's it's things that we live with, we're aware of, but we have to make sure that it's part of the conversation uh, that we have. And we shouldn't be put off by the fact that it can be quantified because quantification helps to, uh, to maintain perspective. But ultimately, uh, it's something that once you understand it, it can be communicated. And this gets to the, the second point, which is when I was at I was the chief risk officer before I started Fabric. Uh, I was a chief risk officer at University of California. Uh, in fact, uh, Ashby is one who introduced me to uh, the CIO there, Jagdeep Botcher. And Jagdeep and I, over the five years I, I was there, developed what we call the risk culture for the University of California's pension and endowment. Uh, and the idea was that everybody looked at their work as a portfolio manager or an analyst through not just an opportunity lens, but a risk lens. And the key component of any culture is common language. So the key component for risk culture is common risk language. So I would say that if I were an advisor, the first thing I would do is recognize risk is not a number. It's not that simple. It's really a living dynamic narrative, but that's something that you can understand and a client can understand, but it has to be put in a common language so that what you're looking at and what you're thinking about is the same thing that the client is. Uh, you know, our, our application, what we're doing at Fabric is to try to build a risk application that allows an advisor to understand risk. And behind it, there's a lot of horsepower behind it, but to actually use it and integrate in what you're doing is and needs to be simple and intuitive. And I, I think that's the, the key component of, of having a, a orientation towards risk and having a risk culture. Yeah, I think you're not surprisingly both spot on. Um, if I'm an advisor, I could have you know, the understanding of risk you know, that an actuary you know, might have, but the way I articulate it, right, it has to be simple. It has to be easy for their clients to access. Um, and you know, Dr. Martin, to your point, it, it has to be a narrative, right? Versus a number. So thank you both for you know, offering your thoughts here. And I, I, I don't think we will solve for all things risk here today in just a 30 minute podcast. So we will have to have you back on. Uh, but I think that this is a phenomenal framework for how advisors should be thinking about some of the obvious risks that are, exist in the world today, um, but also how they should be thinking about risk 
as it relates to their own evolution and the evolution of their business. So appreciate you both being on here today. Rick Bookstabber, Dr. Ashby Monk, thank you both for joining the Wellstack podcast. We really do appreciate it. Thank Thank you. you. Thanks so much. Yeah. And you've both done some incredible work that we have listed here in the show notes for anybody who's interested in learning more. I would have to devote another 30 minutes to the Wellstack (laughs) podcast to just list off all the different accomplishments and the amazing projects that you've been working on throughout your career. So again, uh, on behalf of the Wellstack podcast and the Wellstack team, I'm Mark Bruno, the managing director of the Wealth Management Group here at Informa. Again, thank you, Mr. Brookstabber. Thank you, Dr. Monk, for joining us here today. If you're interested in learning more, please feel free to go to wealthmanagement.com slash Wellstack, and you can get additional details about the Wellstack podcast, Fabric, and some of the projects that both Mr. Brookstabber and Dr. Monk are working on. Thank you, everybody, for joining us here today. Look forward to seeing you in the next episode of the Wellstack podcast.